Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. Josh Cantwell. If you love entrepreneurship and investing in real estate, then you are in the right place. Josh is the CEO of Freeland Ventures Real Estate Private Equity and has personally invested in well over 500 properties all across the country. He's also made hundreds of private lender loans and owns over 1,000 units of apartments. Josh is an expert at raising private money for deals, and he prides himself on never having had a boss in his entire adult life. Josh and his team also mentor investors and entrepreneurs from all over the world. He doesn't dream about doing deals. He actually does them, and so do his listeners and students. Now sit back, listen, listen learn, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. So, hey, welcome back. Welcome back. This is Josh with Accelerated Investor. Thanks so much for joining me. And for those of you that have been, you know, sharing with the world that you're listening to Accelerated Investor, you're enjoying our guests and the solo cast that I do, sharing things on the social media platforms, asking questions, leaving reviews, I'm so excited that this is, is is hitting home with you. I'm so excited that this is being impactful to your life as a real estate professional, entrepreneur, and also in your, your, your personal life. I've hoping gotten a ton out of our past series that we've done uh, from the Funding Equals Freedom series. Uh, I'm going to be soon recording the Traits of Titans series, and uh, I'm really excited uh, to be with all of you and share that. And honestly, again, I'd love to bring on guests that allow me to grow, that allow me to become more, do more, be more successful, have more influence. And as I interview them and talk with them, I hope it's having a massive impact on, on your life and, uh, and, and your investing. Uh, today, I'm with uh, a friend of mine. His name is Sam Karamian. Now, Sam is the CEO and founder of Big Block Realty. They have been for the past three years in a row uh, in the top uh, 35 uh, number of growing companies on the Inc. 500 list. So in the top 35 fastest growing companies on the Inc. 500 list, uh, Big Block Realty has seen an 8,000% growth over the last three years and did over $2.4 billion in gross real estate sales in 2018. Uh, Sam also is the owner and co-founder of eight other businesses that all work around and support the real estate transaction. He's also a real estate investor. He was also the MC on the main stage at Traffic and Conversion Summit with over 7,000 attendees. And I want to welcome to Accelerated Investor, Sam Karamian. Sam, how you doing? Thanks so much for joining me. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. This is Josh Cantwell, and I'm so excited uh, to be with all of you back with the Accelerated Investor podcast. Um, I'm, I'm so excited about all the, 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 the comments and the reviews and the questions that are coming in. And I just want to thank you all for engaging in the Accelerated Investor podcast and, and spending time with us and, and just sharing it on social media platforms. Um, and from the feedback we're getting, it seems like we're really hitting home on entrepreneurship and real estate. And uh, I hope it's providing a ton of value to you and to your, your, your teams and helping you 
achieve your goals with real estate. Today, I have an amazing guest that I want to introduce you all to. Um, and uh, I'll just give you a little bit of, of, of background here. Um, Sam, his name is Sam Karimian. He is the CEO and founder of Big Block Realty, primarily out of Southern California, but they are expanding in a massive way. Uh, they have in the top three years been in the top 35 in Inc. 500 list of fastest growing companies. Sam has not only been a real estate investor, entrepreneur, um, he's building an amazing business, uh, but I also got to see him hold a crowd of nearly 7,000 people as the, uh, the, 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 the primary MC of the Traffic and Conversion Summit, which is a massive digital marketing agency. So I'm excited to bring Sam on the podcast to spare, spend some time with me and with all of you. Sam, what's going on? How are you today, my friend? What's up, Josh? I'm doing great, man. I got to tell you, I'm super, super excited to be on this podcast with you. I've been a big fan uh, and been watching you just kill it for all these years. And it's uh, it's cool to be on and be able to get to share. Yeah, you bet. You bet, Sam. So let's jump in real quick and just uh, and talk about, give us a little bit of uh, immediate color around Big Block Realty. We'll kind of start with where you're at today and what you're focused on as an entrepreneur and building your business. And then we'll reverse engineer a little bit more about your journey and tell us a little bit more about your background. So tell us what is Big Block Realty? What are you guys doing to dominate your market? Awesome, happy to do it, thanks for asking. So Big Block, uh, it's, it's a real estate brokerage. We do things quite different than the average brokerage. Uh, we pay our agents 100% commission. Uh, they have monthly dues and transactional fees, uh, but we're primarily 100% shop. And that's given us the ability to not only grow really quickly, but really create what we think is a true win-win scenario in, in the space that we play in. So uh, today we have about a thousand agents that work with us. We did $2.4 billion in volume last year. Um, and we're really excited to start right now, kind of national expansion into some different states and franchising and cool things like that. Uh, and what we've built to, to kind of make things more exciting for us is not only do we run the brokerage with all the transactions and agents, uh, we've built and now own eight different businesses around the real estate transaction, which helps us not only be more profitable and execute on more opportunity, uh, but it also gives us the ability to create more of a, a streamlined, uh, cleaner, frictionless uh, transaction for our clients and our agents. That's fantastic. So Sam, I know, you know, offering agents 100% commission is very attractive, but in order to even attract people to want to interview at your shop, come into your shop, and then have a great experience and stay at your shop, there's a difference maker there, right? Because a lot of people are offering, you know, 90, 95% splits, 100% commission. So tell us a little bit more about your philosophy about building culture and about bringing in and retaining a great sales team. And I think, again, this can impact anybody, whether you're building a mortgage office, a real estate investment office, a brokerage office, or even a sales team outside of real estate. Um, attracting them with compensation is just one of many factors yes. that attract somebody and keeps them. So what is your philosophy around that? Dude, that's such a good question. And I tell people all the time, uh, especially like when I'm on interviews talking with my, even my competitors, uh, that the hundred percent commission just gets them to pay attention. It gets them to listen, but it's everything else that converts and keeps. 
so what I like to say is what we've done really well is we focus on two things and these two things laid on top of each other is what really gives us our culture and our competitive advantage. Number one is our client experience. Uh, what I mean by that is, is we really try our best to give our agents who we believe to be our customer uh, a Ritz-Carlton experience. And we do it on a target budget. We, we have agent concierge, we have a ton of events, we're anticipating their needs. Uh, for us in the company, one of our mottos is love is always the answer, right? If we can just come in the position of loving on our customers, supporting and wanting the best for them, uh, it's going to always make us want to be more creative and create new things to keep them happy. So in one circle, we have your customer experience. And the next, you have your employee experience. And your employee experience is, are you empowering and loving your staff? Are you creating an environment and a culture that they're coming to just as much because of the money as the fact that they love where they work? Like in our office, uh, we have foosball tables. We have an open environment. We uh, really empower our people. And then that's for some people it might sound crazy. We empower them to make mistakes. We want to break shit. We want them to try and, and know that if we give them something to do, uh, we trust that they can kill it in either direction. Like they can brutally hurt it or not, but we're okay with that right. uh, because that's how we all learn. So we've created these two awesome experiences. Our customers love it. Our Staff loves it. And when you lay those two things on top of each other, that's what gives you your, your competitive advantage and your culture. Uh, so for us, culture is what we do to convert them and what we do to keep them. But I think the most important thing for us is if we didn't have a strong sales and marketing effort to attract these agents to us in the first place, the greatest culture for your staff and your agents would mean nothing if you didn't know how to market them and sell to them. Um, so earlier you said, let's talk about your sales efforts. You wanna dive into that real quick? Yeah, yeah, so tell us a little bit about that because right, you gotta have a culture, culture is amazing, uh, and it's important that people really love to where they, you know, love where they go to work, love who they represent, feel like they're included and feel like they're on a team, but they have to have some sort of sales process to run on, some sort of sales scripts and dialogues and be, you know, kind of pre-ready, predisposed to answer objections, um, those kind of things. And I know that's a big part of your building culture is having people feel like they're learning more, they're making progress. And that is a lot of times done through sales training. So what are your, what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. So for us, we're training two sets of people. We're obviously training our agents, uh, but for us to attract agents, we uh, focus on three things. So when I talk about sales for us, a sale for me is recruiting an agent. And then the way I service them is by training them how to go sell and, and do more deals. So when we're trying to uh, attract agents and recruit, do our sales, we focus on three things. When we started, the large majority of our agents came from a traditional sales floor. And what we did is uh, we took Chet Holmes hiring process from the ultimate sales machine. Love it. And we started to recruit just really badass, hungry, smart telemarketers, recruiters. And they would hit the phone. We had about 10 people. Uh, they were on very, very little salary or hourly plus draw or commission, whatever is greater. So we gave them scripts. We gave them objection handlers. And they were just hitting the phone all day long making sales. 
the interesting thing about this is I see this all the time. If I'm in an investor seminar, if I'm in a brokerage seminar, an agent seminar, everybody knows that the backbone of your business is sales and your sales team. Uh, but it's interesting how many people don't actually have a sales for, they don't have a sales effort. They don't have a real focused group of people that are designed to generate attention. So we spent a lot of time that in, in that specific area early on. That's that great, man. And then, you know, the, the, every organization needs sort of a champion that's going to drive that sales effort. That's going to just be wearing the sales hat 24 seven VP of sales or whatever you want to call it. Um, tell me about that person in your business. Is that you? Is that somebody else? Is it a couple different guys? And how do they keep their energy up, right? How do they keep their motivation up to keep it going? Because, you know, real estate can be fairly transactional, right? So it's like we close a deal today. Okay, what, what are we doing next, right? As soon as one, one sale happens, the next sale has to be around the corner. And, you know, for any of us who have been in sales or in real estate for a long time, uh, unless you just have a massive passive portfolio, it can be fairly transactional. So how do they keep the energy up? How do they keep the sales team motivated? And how do you, you know, motivate your leadership team? That's a great question. So our VP today runs our sales department. He started as a $1,500 an hour uh, position in the sales floor doing recruiting uh, and he worked his way up. Now I'll tell you, uh, finding the perfect person is always a challenge. And the answer to that is you have to hire slow and fire fast. And there's, you know, tons of different strategies to fire. I mean, to find the right people. And I'll tell you that for us, uh, knowing that every position you're hiring for has the perfect avatar following Chet Holmes, ultimate sales machine, you know, his, his idea is that the person that is perfect in the sales floor is like, the, the high school football jock, the super confident person that's like always wins and has that mindset. So from the beginning, our, our uh, ads and everything we're doing for that position are focused on trying to find that right one. And I can go deeper there if you have questions, but I'll tell you quickly when Corey started to work for us, uh, I named him One Speed. And you know the guys or the girls that just only have One Speed, right? They're yeah. always on. And this guy just doesn't stop. He's just like, give me more, give me more. What's next? What's next? And that's just his DNA. And the moment we realized this is one speed, right? This is uh, the guy just doesn't stop. We said, okay, well now you're going to start managing the sales for, and he didn't stop managing them. And he's just, you know, enough is never enough. Uh, we give him a lot of training. We have a coach for him. We send him to masterminds. We're always making him better and elevating the way he thinks, you know, uh, when he started, he just wanted to get to 500 agents, putting him in the environment with guys like you and other people. The guy thinks bigger. He wants more. Um, so I'd say look for your one speed. If you want someone to run your sales environment, look for your one speed. And I'll make an analogy. Do you watch the show Billions at all? Uh, I don't actually. I've been wanting to catch it, man. Three small kids. I haven't caught it yet. So tell me about it. Those of us that are uh, – are fans of the show. There's the main guy, Axelrod. He, he's the billionaire. Capital. Um, yeah. yeah Capital. He has his right hand guy and his name is Wags. Wags is my one speed. And if you watch billions, you know, take the Hollywood factor out of it. Like we're not, we're not doing all that crazy shit, but uh, Wags DNA is one that's just like, go, go, go. I got your back. Let's make this happen. So you got to, 
you have to be able to empower people to be who they are so you can see what role you can put them in. You know, oftentimes we bring people in on one seat and let them blossom, let them be them and say, hey, you know what? Like we hired you for this, but you'd probably really be good here. And we found that the wheels move faster when you put people on the right seats of the bus. Yeah, that's great. So wags one speed, right, Sam? Yeah. What are your thoughts? What do you teach your team? What are you working on with your team about prospecting, right? Because in real yeah. estate, it doesn't matter if you own a title company or you're a mortgage loan officer or you're a real estate investor or an agent, it all comes down to gaining market share, more prospects, more transactions. So what are your thoughts around prospecting in today's market to find motivated sellers that are looking to sell their properties? And also, of course, Sam, you bought and sold lots of properties. You've done lots of investments. So this, this does, uh, you know, pivot over to real estate investors as well. Absolutely. But attitude about prospecting, how much time are you guys spending prospecting? What kind of tools are you giving them in order to prospect at a higher level? Great question. So I think that for us to be successful at prospecting, there's four basic things that have to be present. And everything else to me is what sharpens the ax. Tools, widgets, leads, wherever you're getting them. Uh, we can touch on that. But what I, what I teach about prospecting is you have to learn how to control the conversation before you start trying to scale your sales efforts. What controlling the conversation means to me is giving the customer the experience and the communication that they're looking for. And they don't know what that is. But I've broken it down into four things that I think are critical. Number one, we are paid as salespeople for the questions that we ask, not the things that we say. So rule number one is ask a lot of questions. Why is this important? When I ask good, strong questions, it does a couple, it does a lot of things with the two primary things it does for me. Number one, it tells my client what their, the client tells me, excuse me, what their real motivation is and what their true concerns are. And the more I ask questions, the more they're giving me what they want and what they're worried about. And in sales, I have to help them find what they want and remove the tension around what they're worried about. The moment I start to know what that is, the easier it becomes for me to give them what they want and help them take the next step. So you have to ask a lot of questions. Now, when you ask questions or when you get objections, the way you handle that is the most critical part of the sales process. So number two is every time your client either answers your question or gives you an objection, I want you to repeat what they say. So if they say, you know what, we don't want to sell right now, we want to wait till the new year, you repeat, you don't want to sell right now, you want to wait till the new year. And, and I'll tell you why we do that, but before I do, you immediately back it up with number three, which is give them words of approval. You don't want to wait till, you don't want to sell right now, you want to wait till the new year, repeat what they say, and then give them words of approval. I completely understand where you're coming from, and a lot of my clients initially feel the same way. So what happens when I repeat what they say, Josh, is it tells the customer I'm listening. And you have to remember that people want to work with someone that makes them feel heard and understood. They want to feel comfortable and confident. So when I repeat what they say, it's saying to them, man, Sam's listening. And then when I back it up with words of approval, it motivates them to keep talking. This is where most salespeople go wrong is when they handle an objection They'll say, no, Josh, you don't want to do that. You want to do this. And right. the moment I suggest something like that, 
in the mind of the prospect, I have made them wrong. The moment I make attention, right? You've created more attention between you and your potential prospect, not less, which makes you further from the sale. That's exactly it. So I say, Hey, I hear you. It's okay that you feel that way. And then I ask another question to help me get them back on track. So I might say, if we go back to the, I want to wait till the new year to sell. You want to wait till the new year to sell. I completely understand. Good for you. A lot of people initially feel the same way. But let me ask you another question. Is it okay if I explain to you the problem that that might create for you? Or may I give you another perspective to look at that could possibly help you net more money on the sale of your home? When I position it that way, one, I've asked a sales question that's permission-based. So when I'm asking them for permission to tell them something, who do they think is in control? They think they're in control. While the whole time I'm asking questions that take them exactly where I want them to go. So the questions you're in control. Exactly. So the, the answer again, for me, prospecting all of it, I don't care if you're buying leads, if you're straight cold calling, anything that you're doing face to face at the table, ask questions, repeat, approve, ask another question that gets them towards the, you know, the, the close. And remember this, I think this is an important stat uh, for investors and agents. I'm sure it's a little bit different, but statistics say that 80% of appointments are made or conversions happen after the sixth objection is handled. Now, think about this, Josh. If we know that 80% of appointments or conversions are made after the sixth objection is handled, the question then becomes what percentage of investors or agents do you believe have the skill set and the wherewithal to go that far to handle six or seven objections? My guess is going to be maybe five, 10% of people know what to say, have the skill set to stay on the phone long enough, handle enough objections. So when you look at it, we have 90% of agents playing in the 20% pool. And we have 10% of agents playing in the 80% pool or investors. And when you look at it that way, is it really any wonder why small percentage of people do the large percentage of business? Right. That's amazing that way. I love the questions because I'm such a, when I teach my people about handling objections, talking to motivated sellers, we talk so much about asking questions because it's about, you know, asking questions and trying to take them down a specific path. But the person who asks the questions is always in control. The more you talk about you and your business and your offer, whatever that is, the let people start to tune out, you know, and when, especially when you've got it down pat, asking questions. I'm amazed at how many people get sales or get a client that hardly talk about themselves or hardly talk about their company. Yeah. People are like, well, I like him because he asks me lots of questions, makes me feel good. Yes. It's about ocean, not about what you have to offer, right? Not about the sale right. transactions, about the emotion. How do you make me feel, right? So really, really big around that. So Sam, pivoting into um, social media, right? So when you have uh, a sales organization, again, investor, mortgage loan officer, real estate agent, um, so many people getting into real estate, obviously real estate has been on a 10 year run. So you have institutions, you have huge, uh, you know, corporations all entering the real estate space and we're competing over the same properties and the same clients. And that 
pool of properties getting smaller and smaller because inventory is going down. Yep. How are you teaching your people to set themselves apart, primarily using social media to tee up the relationship, tee up how people feel about them using social strategies? Man, I love this question because I've been on a rampage around this lately in our own business. Um, I'm going to share two quotes or, or conversations that I read or heard that really transform the way I see the opportunity. First, let me say the answer is media. Media solves all of your problems and social media is obviously the, the ability to create media. But back to the point, um, at Gary Vaynerchuk's event 2021, he said, the person that's really good at what they do. If you're the best damn investor or agent, you will always remain the person that has to go chase deals and fight over opportunity. The moment you become a somebody, the business chases you. So I would look at that like the agents on million dollar listing. Do you honestly think Josh Altman is calling expires and notice of trustee sales? No, people are calling him. Like, yo, will you come list? This $4 million house I have. Why? Because now he is a somebody. He's been fortunate to have the media of Bravo TV, but with everything that we have from Facebook and Instagram and retargeting, like retargeting is your ability to be Bravo TV, right? So that really started to make me think. And then Grant Cardone said, I think it was in a conversation with um, Frank Kern. He tells Frank, he says, bro, you got to remember this people give in to the person that they see the most. They give in to the person that they see the most. So how do you become the somebody that Gary talks about is you do what Grant talks about. Be the person that they see the most. Just the other day, I saw Gary do a post that said, I really think you should be putting out 100 pieces of content a day. Like, <laughs> right. Clearly, that's like more than probably he even does. But the point is, I'm seeing this all come together that the more you create media, the more you put it out, the more you're doing stuff like you're doing here, Josh, and you're creating content. Dude, people are watching and they're watching in such a big way that it makes everything become easier. That's phenomenal, man. Sam, some great nuggets here, man. Fantastic. We've been trying to get this on the books for a while. You're <laughs> it. I love it. Uh, hey, so just got a couple more minutes left, but um, I've got to ask, uh, you know, I, I was one of the original members of the War Room Mastermind. Ryan and Perry put on Traffic and Conversion Summit, and there were 200 people in Austin, Texas. I was there. I signed up, and there's a bunch of ballers there who now are just amazing entrepreneurs, guys like Ryan Moran and Mark Jenny and Vinny Fisher, and just all these guys came out. Back then, it was 20 of us. Yeah. Um, and fast forward to now, they have a huge organization, 7,000 people attend their events. You are one of the key members of their mastermind. So tell us about a couple things. One, um, tell us about the mastermind that you're running specifically for real estate investors. That's kind of part of War Room. Uh, talk about the importance of that in your life and, and the people that you're impacting. I also know secondly, that you run a massive Facebook, a massive uh, private Facebook group called Real Closers. Uh, tell our audience about that so they can jump in and join. Uh, and then last, we'll talk about your experience emceeing uh, the Traffic and Conversion Summit. So just talk about Mastermind. Tell us a little bit about your war room yeah. experience. What's that like for you? What does it mean to you? 
Dude, I'll tell you, I don't know if this was when we were live or before we talked. Uh, I told you that I've done everything that we've done with dropping out of college, right? I, I went to college for a few months uh, and quickly realized it just wasn't for me. And I'm not saying it's not for everybody. It would have taught me a lot of things that maybe I don't know, but it wasn't for me. What's my point? Instead of being in college, I put myself in masterminds and seminars with guys like you. I put myself in the environment that I wanted to be in my future. So what I'll tell you is this is my biggest takeaway. I get interviewed all the time because of Inc. 500 and great guys like you. And they say, how did you do it? What did you do? Well, we did a lot of things. But when I look in the rear view and think, why did all we do all of these things? And why are we where we are? It's because we put ourselves in the environments that forced us to think and act differently. I mean, I can't say it any other way, dude. When you're hanging around with people that are running billion dollar, hundred million dollar organizations, and it just changes the way you think, dude. Like even now when I leave closing table or war room, you know, we did great last year, more than, you know, I thought we would do a few years ago, but I still leave and I'm driving home or flying home. And I'll tell you what I think, Josh, all the time with all the winning that we're doing, my overwhelming thought is, man, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> right. You think about that, dude. Like that's environment. It causes you to be grateful, but not satisfied. It causes you to think different. And then you're in the room with the smartest people, which gives you the shortcuts. The only shortcuts in success are relationships. It's Josh saying, yo, like we went, we did this and this, and that's what helped us raise this much money and own this many doors. So it's the intellectual uh, what's the word in the, the brain capital, intellectual capital, right? Yeah. Intellectual capital, dude. Like that's the only shortcut to success. So I'll say if you're not putting yourself in rooms, like people like with Josh, uh, you are, you're just leaving Lamborghinis on the table left and right, because that's where it starts and end environment starts and ends all success in my opinion. So nice. we run a real estate mastermind with the guys that run war room called closing table mastermind. Uh, and really it's just a room for the best of the best to get together a few times a year. Uh, we network together. We bring in awesome, successful entrepreneurs to talk about how they've built billion dollar businesses. We network, we have fun and we all grow our businesses together. So, um, if anyone's interested, Josh can get us connected. Yeah. And I, I was talking to Sam before we got started. I said, you know, you got a, you got a proper education, you know, it's the seminar world, the mastermind world. You know, I have a formal education, four years of college. And my dad told me, you know what, Josh, like everything, this is his way of basically telling me that masterminds and seminars and things like that was really the right way to go. Although he was more of a traditionalist, he said, Josh, everything that you need to know about your future career in business, you're actually going to learn on the job. Mm -hmm. So actually just get your degree, get it in and out in four years, because just get really that whole education, the investment in college was about getting your first job. And then from there, you learn everything you needed to know, uh, you know, in the real world. And so my dad was like, oh my God, I can't believe Josh, he graduated from four years with honors. And then he went into a full, all commission sales position. It's like, oh my God, son, are you nuts? I said, well, dad, I learned from the best because my dad was already an entrepreneur running a uh, employee benefits company. You know, he started that when I was in college. So I'm like, dad, man, if you wanted me to really learn about business, you should have sent me to like seminar world. That's where it's at. Um, yeah. Probably would have saved a lot of money too and gotten a proper 
education. Um, so Sam, tell us a little bit about your uh, private Facebook group, right? Uh, Real Closers, I believe is what it's called. Yep. 60,000 or 70,000 members, huge organization, huge group in Facebook. So what, what's that all about? Yeah, so Real Closers is really just, uh, it's a free group where we bring awesome people like Josh and, and different, I don't even want to say like gurus. These are like real practitioners, thought leaders that are killing it in their own respective right. Uh, and they're consistently putting on trainings and, and, and bringing value to the group. So if you're an agent or an investor, or if you're in the real estate space and you want to learn new ninja marketing tactics, if you want to network, if you want to learn how to increase your sales skills, if you want to learn how to take down more doors, uh, we bring together the best of the best and just provide a lot of value. We never charge. There's, it's, it's, it's just a place for, for us to give back uh, and, and bring value to our industry. So um, we'll be having Josh in there a lot more and, and uh, we'd love to have you a part of it. So just go to Real Closers and, and up, you know, submit a request to join and we'll get you in there. Awesome. Fantastic. So, so Sam, um, you know, th things have happened for us, uh, you know, very, very quickly, big block, about five, six, seven years old, you know, billions of dollars worth of sales. Uh, but I don't care what you do as an entrepreneur. There's very little that can prepare you to be the, the main MC on the main stage of an event with seven thousand attendees yeah. and have all the eyeballs on you to kick off that event, keep the energy high. Um, so tell us what it was like. Like, when did you find out you were going to be the MC? What's it like staring 7,000 people in, in the eyeballs? We're all looking back at you and how did you prepare for it mentally uh, to, to, to be ready for that? Great question. Uh, well, I'll tell you, I think it's important to say this and I didn't even tell you, but uh, six years ago when I attended my first traffic and conversion summit, there was maybe a couple hundred people. And then it went to like two or 3000. It was the big show. And I looked at my business partner, Oliver. I was like, dude, I'm emceeing the stage one day. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. Nice. Um, so it's kind of always been in the thought process, but about a month before uh, they reached out and said, Hey, we're looking for an MC. We think you'd be great. We already work together in so many ways. You know us, you know, our culture. Um, so just come and be you. And I uh, definitely had hesitation a little bit because the crowd was so big, but I, I kind of enjoy that. I'm a special type of wacko like that, but I, I wanted to do the job that the guys wanted me to do. Right. So to prepare, I really, I asked Roland, I asked Ryan, I asked Deanna, I asked Rich, I asked Perry. I said, look, like, what's the perfect MC? Like, what do you want? And they said, well, what we want is, is, this and they want that. And what I realized is they just wanted someone to come out and be present with the group without their own agenda. And if you've ever seen MCs at other events, they want to talk about how awesome they are and they want to push their Instagram and they want to do all these things. So I said, look, I'm just going to come out and I'm going to do the job and I'm not going to make it about me. I'm going to make it about the crowd. I'm going to bring the energy. I'm going to bring the heat. I'm going to do my best to highlight the speakers that are coming up. And that's what I did. And um, I'll tell you, it was a way different experience than I thought it would be. Like just seeing a show that big happen from the back end and how everything is planned. I mean, to the second, Josh, they even had a person that was in charge of just me. Like this guy's job was just to make sure that Sam was where Sam was supposed to be. Like 
we both do events. Like that's a whole nother level of, of running a show. And I got to meet awesome people and open up opportunities like this. Very cool, man. So Sam, as we kind of round third head for home, um, you know, what sort of personal advice would you give somebody who's maybe at the beginning of their journey? You know, you're maybe in the middle of your journey. You know, you and I, have, we're not certainly not new to this entrepreneur game anymore. Been around for a while. I've had successful businesses. We've had total dumpster fires. We've been through it all. Um, and certainly we've got a lot more time and value to bring to the market for years and years to come. But whether it's a new agent or new real estate entrepreneur, investor, looking back at your journey, what kind of advice would you pass back to them getting, getting going? Love that question, dude. Um, there's a lot I would say, but I'm going to start with what I wish more people would have said when I was there. And that's two things. One, it always, 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 always takes longer and costs more than you think it will. Um, man, like you, you know, you, you listen to a great speaker and, and you try to think that you can shortcut the, the, the curve, the average curve. And that's playing the lotto, dude. Like it doesn't happen that way. So I'd say reframe your expectations because if I'm new as a real estate professional, I want to go from doing zero deals to 50 deals your first year, a hundred deals your first year. That sure sounds nice, but like you're going to be wondering six months in why you're only two deals in and that's just going to start to mess with your brain. Now I'll say, I definitely think you have to think big. I'm a really, really big thinker, but you also just be real with the fact guys that it takes longer than you want. So when you're real with that, I think you'll get frustrated less. Second thing that's just been really heavy in my head in the past couple of years and I'm sure you think about this too, Josh. I really haven't met an entrepreneur that doesn't. Earlier, I wanted to become successful or rich or have money or have a big business or staff because not only everything that we talk about in the events, but I thought that it made life easier, right? And I thought that everything becomes simpler if you have more money and more people. And it doesn't, man. Like, it, it doesn't. The game changes. More money, more problems. I'm not saying this to scare you away from growing a large business. I'm saying this because I want to frame in your brain, like you got to be mentally tough and you have to stop looking for shortcuts and magic wands. Like just play the long game, play the damn long game and be patient and be mentally tough and strong and know, just know that it's going to work as long as you never stop. It might not work today or tomorrow, but it, it, like literally, I forget who I heard say this. He's like, think about it how could you ever lose if you don't have the ability to stop? So like, just don't stop, right. but, but be patient. <laughs> um, Man, that's killer. Got a bunch of stuff. I don't know how much time we have, but I'd say those are my, my top two thoughts for you. That is fantastic, Sam. Well, listen, um, I really appreciate all the insight. I'm sure we could talk more. I'd love to have you back on uh, well, in a few months. We'll, we'll continue the conversation um, and so if the you know, folks that are listening to this want to reach out to you, maybe want to join your firm, learn more about you or Big Block Realty, uh, is there a website or a contact person that they should reach out to? Yeah, I'll give you two places. Uh, one, I'm really active on my Instagram. You can DM me there. It's just the TH number nine TH and then spell out zero, the ninth zero. Uh, you can search my name or you can just reach us at bigblockrealty.com and, and say you want to talk to Sam and they'll connect you over. Fantastic, Sam. Listen, 
Awesome to have you on. Lots of great nuggets in there. Look forward to connecting with you again really, really soon. Josh, this was awesome, dude. You're super uh, good at what you do. And uh, thank you for having me on. You're an inspiration to a lot of people, including myself. So thanks for being awesome, my dude. You bet, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for providing so much value. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. You've been listening to Josh Cantwell and the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next or who you'd like Josh to interview. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and his companies, Strategic Real Estate Coach and Freeland Ventures on all social media platforms now and stay up to date on new training and investment opportunities to start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Apply for coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com.